Hey everyone, welcome to the Scripture Study Project, our podcast dedicated to helping you discover the scriptures in a fresh way, invest your mind and heart into your personal study, and connect to God in your everyday life. We are your hosts, Zach and Krista Horton, and we are excited to study with you. This episode is 3rd Nephi chapters 1 through 7, and for the first time in over a month and a half, we're actually going to record a full episode. Is that really how long it's been since it's we, been... I think we've replayed quite a few episodes and we were feeling both grateful for that and... Grateful that we had the episodes to replay. Yeah, and that we had done the episode. We needed those breaks. It's been a very busy couple months. It's been a lot going on with us as we moved Drove across thousands the country, of miles. Moved our family, got... <laughs> online school started new home new job new neighborhood new everything and it's so strange because i've always thought of myself as kind of a minimalist and moving makes you not feel like a minimalist even though we packed up a pretty small house and didn't have a lot of furniture got rid of a lot of stuff and here we are still unpacking boxes and um, a few weeks in already actually to our move and we're still but I'm sure many of you can relate to that that's just the moving process you just forget how much work it is our movers weren't so happy with us we live on a narrow street and they were trying to get their big trucks up the narrow street and weren't happy about it and it, yeah it was that we're like I don't think we had two trucks worth of stuff <laughs> but I guess we do it has been an adventure and thank you for being patient with us um I was going to say we were grateful that we had those episodes to replay because it felt like they lined up perfect for the break that honestly we really needed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a good a good break for us. But like Zach said, we are excited. We I kind of think we're ready to get yep. back into studying. And even me, I think I even felt a lull in my own personal study mm-hmm. too. Um, but this week as I got back into studying and I really did kind of have to get back into it over the past couple weeks out of habit and kind of out of the mood, unfortunately. Um, but I think we all go through those slumps sometimes, so it's okay, but I'm excited. I'm excited to be studying again and it feels good to kind of have a little bit of structure in place for ourselves. Well, and we said this in our introductions to the past couple of episodes. I think we probably repeat it way too much, but, um, it's, uncanny how much the book of mormon is aligning with what's happening in the world at large and in our own personal lives and maybe in your life as well and so one of the things that excites me most about these chapters is that once again they seem to line up so well and there's so much relevance um, in what we're going to study so which if you've already read the chapters, 3rd Nephi 1 through 7, might not make you very excited yeah. because... <laughs> they're not these, the most uplifting. Yeah, they really aren't. And it's, they're kind of, I mean, the doom and gloom that you expect to happen as we know happens before the Savior comes again. But um, we're hoping to accentuate the positive. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. That keeps singing that song to our kids. And as we prepared, I was like, hey, that's why you've been singing mm. that song. You've got to accentuate the positive well done we should change our theme song i know people are going to start calling me to sing for them now well where is that from that song youtube oh no it's from something my my i had an uncle that used to sing that to me when i was maybe a kid. someone sang it too i thought it was from the movie anyway okay let's do this well um as i was when we were studying this episode um we had another prompt in mind and it was a pretty negative one because as you mentioned 
most of this block is pretty negative. Um, the Book of Mormon, written for our day, um, some of these chapters preceding the Savior's coming to the Nephites are um, symbolic of what we will experience in the last days. And so uh, as, as crazy as their world was, our world is just as, if not more, crazy today. And so I was, I went, uh, I was reviewing that prompt that we had, and I just didn't feel settled about it. I opened up an old set of scriptures that I had, and in this old set of scriptures, I used way too many colors to mark my scriptures. I had a purple pencil and an orange pencil. The purple pencil I used to make lists of things that were negative. You know, here are Satan's tactics, mark them in purple. And I used the orange pencil to mark anything that was positive. And as I looked at these chapters, I realized there's a whole lot of purple, chapter after chapter. You've got the complete collapse of Nephite society. You've got uh, the most gruesome battle yet recorded in the Book of Mormon. You've got the rise and the fall and the rise again of the Gadianton robbers. There's a lot of purple. But I was surprised to see that there were some pretty bold orange parts. Not lots of them, but a couple of them. And as I was thinking about that and realizing how similar some of these details were to our own day, I realized it's really easy in the world that we live in to get focused on the negative, um, maybe because there's so many examples of it. However, there are truths and experiences that, um, that can be the opposite of that. So here's the verse to start our study. This is 3 Nephi chapter 1. And um, if you remember, if you know from the story, uh, they're waiting for the sign of Jesus Christ's birth, the night and the day, or the day and the night and the day without any darkness, the new star. And it's not coming. It's, it's, uh, they're waiting for it. It's not happening. Uh, they've set a day for all of the believers to be put to death if the sign won't happen. And Nephi, the prophet, goes and prays. He's, he's torn up about this that the believers are going to be put to death because they're believing in a promise that hasn't yet been fulfilled. And the voice of the Lord comes to him in verse 12, and then in verse 13 says, Lift up your head and be of good cheer. For behold, the time is at hand, and on this night shall the sign be given, and on the morrow come I into the world. What we want to focus on in this episode, what we'd invite you to focus on in your study is, finding truths in the Book of Mormon and in our own lives that can help us to lift up our head and be of good cheer, even when there's so much negativity around. And when we talk about relevance, which Zach mentioned, we've said this a lot over these past um, episodes as we find out how much we need the Book of Mormon right now, is that um, that reminder to lift up your head and be of good cheer. I know that's something that I've needed for sure over these past few weeks and months. Yeah. So with that in mind, um, I'll start us off because I want to read the rest of verse 13. So when it comes to truths that can help us lift up our head and be of good cheer, the first one I found was in verse 13. The Lord says, On the morrow come I into the world to show unto the world that I will fulfill all that which I have caused to be spoken by the mouth of my holy prophets. Behold, I come unto my own to fulfill all things which I have made known unto the children of men from the foundation of the world, and to do the will both of the Father and of the Son. And then verse 15, And it came to pass that the words which came unto Nephi were 
fulfilled according as they had been spoken. Behold, at the going down of the sun, there was no darkness, and the people began to be astonished because no darkness came when the night came. I love, I always have, the truth that God fulfills his promises. He makes and keeps promises. He's a covenant-keeping God. Um, I've liked that even more with our recent personal history. Uh, small story. This seems almost ridiculous because I know so many people have it so much worse. But as we were looking for a home, um, I became obsessed with real estate apps. And so I downloaded uh, literally three apps on my phone at one time. And I was checking the real estate market in our new location daily, probably multiple times a day. I told Krista, this is my... Multiple like, times a day? That might be an understatement <laughs> even. <laughs> it, was like, it was my <laughs> social media addiction. Um, hours and hours and hours. And I found a lot of homes I liked, but every time I looked for homes, I had the thought come into my mind, I have a home prepared for you. This home search all started uh, back in January. And at that time, we were reading the Book of Mormon uh, stories about Nephi and his family and them being led by the Lord to their promised land. And that was a theme that kept showing up, that the Lord had prepared a land of promise for them. So I had this promise in my mind and in my heart, and I really did believe that that was the message God was sending me. Well, fast forward a couple of months, and with that promise still in my heart, um, we have the sale of our house fall through. Our trip to go and find a new house was delayed multiple months because the housing market was closed where we were trying to get to. When we finally did get out there, almost every home we looked at went under contract as soon as we walked out the door from someone else. The houses were flying off the market and we began to panic that we wouldn't be able to find something. Um, on one particular day, we came to a house. We walked around the outside of it and loved the outside and the, the space and the neighborhood. And we walked inside of the house and on the wall was a picture of um, the couple who owned the house in front of the Salt Lake Temple. And uh, on the wall, the opposing wall was a picture of another temple. And um, immediately we knew and felt that this was something different. Uh, we loved the house. As we were leaving it, we got a message from the listing agent saying that they were accepting offers and we needed to put one in by the end of the day. Uh, we deliberated for like 15 minutes on the front doorstep of another house we were looking at. We drove to a gas station. We wrote an offer on the back of the car, real estate agent's car. We sent it into them. And before we sent it in, we asked our agent if we could just send a little letter um, telling them that we were you know, moving from Utah and we love their home. We remember the church, etc. Uh, he thought it was kind of a corny idea, but we did it anyway. And uh, we found out later from the owners of the home that they had gotten six offers that day, all of which were above asking price, uh, many of which outstripped our offer. Um, and they weren't even going to look at ours. They had signed an offer. They hadn't sent it in yet, but they had signed an, an acceptance of another offer. When their agent called them and said, I just got one last offer. There's a letter with it, something about the Church of Jesus Christ, and the, the buyer said, wait a minute, hold on, cancel that other one, let's review the offer. They reviewed it, they accepted our offer. Um, there are probably at least a dozen other little tiny miracles connected to that, but those signs were so obvious, so glaring, that at least for me, I think it was God saying, see, I told you, 
I have a place prepared for you, and I fulfill and keep my promises. And so that promise, that truth in, in chapter 1, verse 13 uh, ver- through 15, that God keeps his promises, uh, is a personal one to me because I can testify that that's exactly what he does. It doesn't always look the way that we think it will, of course, but he does. He keeps his promises. You know, and it's interesting to see this as the people here begin to see the signs. They come in and out of belief. We see that a lot in these chapters, kind of this up and down of people falling away and believing again and seeing the sign and reading on from where Zach was. So this is 3 Nephi chapter 1, verse 17. Um, the sign shows itself and it says, and they began to know that the Son of God must shortly appear. Verse 18, for they knew that the prophets had testified of it. So it's starting to feel familiar. Oh, this is actually going to happen. And then in verse 19 at the end, it says, and they knew that it was the day that the Lord should be born because of the sign which had been given. The new star appears in verse 21 and they start to believe. Verse 22 says, more part of the people did believe and were converted unto the Lord. And then they baptized many and many repented. Um, And I just thought, you know, it's never too late to believe. And he's always extending his arm to us. And we hear that a lot, but I think it's important for us to remember that, that we can always turn to him and come to him. Now, on the flip side of this, we see that many of these people later on forget, even though they were there present for the sign and they decided that they wanted to believe, they forgot. And so even when we have those very poignant reminders that we can get of God's looking out for us, God's here for you, like the one we had. I've doubted that one multiple times even since we since we had that very clear thought that this was the right thing for us to do. And I'm sure you felt that too, which is probably why we're reminded so often to write those things down, remember those things, because we can be a lot like these people and forget even these they saw the actual sign. They were told it was happening and they still had trouble remembering. So it's never too late to to change, to believe, to repent. And on the flip side, we can easily forget the things that are given to us. So don't forget to remind yourself of them. Uh, There's so many talks um, about, was it Elder Anderson that talked years ago about uh, choosing to believe or Elder Clayton, right? Um, Well, they both talked about it. Well, Elder Anderson from last conference had a great talk on remembering, writing down their spiritual prompts. But I love the idea that we can choose to believe. We can choose to trust God and his promises. And that choice can be made immediately, right? Mm-hmm. I can choose today to start thinking optimistically, start looking at the promises that are being kept and to lift up my head. And I keep it. singing that song, Zach. Yeah, well, good. To good. accentuate the positive. Um, well, the next thing that I found is in chapter three, kind of buried a little bit. It's in the middle of this war. Uh, Gideon, hi, the Gadiat and Robert leader, writes this letter to Laconius and tries to flatter him out of his lands. It's kind of a despicable letter to read. And Laconius isn't having it. Uh, he prepares his people and there's a battle that ensues. Uh, one of the worst battles, uh, well, the worst battle in Nephite, Lamanite history. Um, and so it might be kind of surprising to find a positive thing, something to lift up our heads. But as I read that, I couldn't help but think we are engaged in many similar battles today, whether it's the battle with the pandemic or the battle for, for racial or sexual justice and, and, um, and equality. 
multiple different battlefronts that we're trying to fight as a people. And those are just the global ones, let alone the ones that you may be fighting in your personal life or in your family life. And I love how Laconius fights. I came up with five points. You could come up with your own. But I love that number one, in verse 12, he did cause his people that they should cry unto the Lord for strength. The first thing he has them do is turn to God. Number two, in verse 13, he gathers together all of his people. Um, Number three, he starts to build fortifications and defenses, which, of course, this is a hallmark of Nephite leadership since Captain Moroni's day. We build places of defense and strength. We build fortifications. We prepare our people. We um, cry unto the Lord for protection in those defensible places. Uh, and I guess a subpoint to that is because we're so well defended, we don't uh, fight with aggression or anger. There's this interesting point in here where Laconius's people come to him and they want him to fight. They want him to take the battle to the Gadiatan robbers, which seems like a logical choice. And Laconius says in verse 21, well, Gidgadoni, the general says, the Lord forbid, for if we should go up against them, the Lord would deliver us into their hands. Therefore, we will prepare ourselves in the center of our lands. Um, I love that they they at no time are filled with a desire to wage war. They're just uh, filled with desire to protect themselves. Uh, number four, all of this enables them to fight in the strength of the Lord. And I love that phrase used over and over. And then number five, they do put an end to the Gadiatan robbers. None of these uh, strategies weaken them. It actually enables them to win the war. Um, and so I like applying those to our own personal battles. Can we cry to the Lord? Can we gather together with others? Can we build places of defense and strength? Um, Can we fight in the strength of the Lord? And can we put an end to some of the common plagues or persistent plagues uh, that are hurting us as a people? And I might add a couple actually to that. Zach, you read this part of this verse, but it really stuck out to me in verse 21 where it says, we will prepare ourselves in the center of our of our lands. That just rang true to me so much of what we're told to center yourself on what's most important. Remember to center your lives on Jesus Christ and everything else will work out. And I love that that's part of the advice that they were given. Work on yourself first. Make sure you're planted. Make sure you're firm where you are and doing all those things that you've already mentioned, that that's what's going to keep them safe and in a defensible position. Um. Also from these verses, in verse 19, it's talking about this new leader, Gidgadoni, and it mentions that they always chose someone that had the spirit of revelation and also prophecy. And this is verse 19, and I couldn't help but think that something that gives me comfort and something that I see a positive in these chapters and for us today is that we have the spirit of revelation. God has not stopped his work on earth. We have prophets, um, a prophet in President Nelson. We have the spirit of revelation amongst amongst our leaders, amongst ourselves, and other church leaders of other churches, other religions. There's so many people fighting for good. The spirit of revelation is as alive today as it is here. And I find, I find great comfort in that. I love, you know, it says revelation and prophecy. The Bible describes prophecy as the testimony of Jesus. And like you mentioned, linking arms. I love the unity 
that is happening right now as we link arms to fight some of these um, wars that we're facing, you know, coronavirus or racial injustice. And I love that it's bringing us together as a people with other value-driven people, our brothers and sisters, whether they're of our Christian faith or different faiths or, or no particular denomination. I just love the unity that's being seen in our world and experienced uh, as we link arms and fight together. And it brings a lot of comfort in thinking we might actually do some good. We might actually solve some of these problems because there's so many people now uh, allied together in, in fighting together. Well, and I think it's that that's God promoting the goodness in people mm. to, to continue us and not make us fear too much. It's interesting to think, we've talked a lot about this, but um, these global events are so far outside of man's control. You know, no one, no one can really control the coronavirus or the pandemic. It's so far outside of man's control that it's so almost obviously in the realm of divine control. There has to be a purpose behind this. And I wonder if some of the purpose behind everything that's going on is that God's children are banding together, uh, showing an increase of love and care and concern for each other, and maybe actually starting to make the world a better place. Well, like we mentioned, these chapters are not the prettiest of chapters. And, but I, to kind of continue on with that thought, as we ended out um, chapter six and chapter seven, the, the thing that stuck out to me was, um, was the positives that came out of this as you see um, the people fighting for good. So starting in verse chapter 6, verse 14, they were firm, steadfast, and immovable, willing with all diligence to keep the commandments of the Lord. And then in verse 20, And there began to be men inspired from heaven and sent forth, standing among the people in all the land, preaching and testifying boldly of the sins and iniquities of the people, and testified of them concerning the redemption which the Lord would make for people, or in other words, the resurrection of Christ. And they did testify boldly of his death and sufferings. And the thought I had is that God isn't going to stop his work. Um, things aren't may not always be pretty, just like in our own lives, but that God is always at work. And he's going to bring people to help us. He's going to bring people that help strengthen our faith. Um, it continues in chapter 7, too, of people... Um, giving their testimony, testifying boldly of repentance and remission of sins and of Jesus Christ. What What is the most important thing that we can be testifying of anyway? Yeah, in fact, uh, back in that first verse we read in verse 13, the ultimate thing about which we can lift up our heads and rejoice is that Jesus Christ is real, uh, that he's alive, that he's doing something, and that he's coming again. That's what helps these people hold on to their faith. These blocks, these chapters, are a setup for what's coming next. In chapter 8, the sky goes dark, the signs of the Savior's crucifixion occur, and of course, in chapter 11, he visits the people. He heals and provides hope and guidance and instruction, and for hundreds of years after that, the people live in peace and happiness. Um... And so as we study these episodes, or as we bring our study of these episodes to an end, um, in your personal study, look for those things that can help you lift up your head and rejoice, um, that can connect you closer to your Savior as we prepare 
um, for his coming again and try and make the world a better place on the way there. Well, that ends the episode today. Thank you so much for studying with us, for listening, for your support, and for sticking with us over these past couple months. Um, we are really excited for what's ahead with this podcast. We have some fun things planned um, for products that we have that we've been working on, and we are just glad to be back. So thank you so much for being here. I'm gonna. I also took a pretty good break from Instagram too, but that's a place where you can find us to stay updated. Um, we try and post other things related to the episode or resources so you can find us there at scripture study project and we are looking forward to being back here again so thank you and have a great study bye